0: Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome back to another edition of Football Theory. I am Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers, joined by fellow Lifetime Longhorn and football theorist over at Inside Texas, also the author of America's War Game on Substack. He is the one and only Ian Boyd. What's going on, brother? It's
1: going pretty good. Finding some colds. I think uh, think you're
0: in a different part of the country. I do forget this all the time, Ian. Tell people where you are in case people think you're just in Texas.
1: Well, I'm in Michigan, but uh, the cold is, as you will find out in the coming years, related to the children. <laughs> oh, is it a different monster? Is it what? Is it different altogether
0: with kids, you're saying? The cold? You get sick all the time. No, I mean like a cold, like a
1: virus. Oh, eight? yeah, because oh, yeah. good point. I don't know actually, about that. It is actually cold here, too, now. It, we got the <laughs> cold front recently, but. No, literally, we literally have a a cold bug. Oh, Um, man. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's COVID as far as I know. I don't know. But uh, (laughs) who can tell anymore? But uh, yeah. You got a
0: lot. You got like, okay. So you have three kids, right?
1: Yeah. And
0: you're working on another. They got another one on the way. Got another member
1: on the way. There's another one coming. Yeah. Your immune system should be amazing.
0: Don't you get uh, young kids always bringing home little bugs and viruses? And uh, the immune system should be pretty good by now, right? Is that not a thing? Is that, a, that that folklore? That you know what I mean? That's not that's not real.
1: You know, sometimes I'll think that, and then I'll get sick. <laughs> but I will say um, I've had a lot of stomach bugs. Brace your, thats the bad one. Man, like you get don't used, to having, you get used to having a cold all the time. That's not that big a deal in the winter. I mean it's not that great, but it's you get used to it, you get better at dealing with it. But the stomach bugs.
0: Damn, Ian. I did not want I, to hear this. I'm I'm gonna have bubble guts, is what you're saying, just randomly because yeah. of my kid.
1: Yeah. Oh. Once they're once they're like in daycare or whenever they start to get that's when that's when you start that's when it that's when, that's when everything goes. That's when I everything gotta goes. tell you, man. My that's, immune system is it seems to be pretty robust against stomach bugs. Although I, I did have one I think earlier this year. But Oh man, see you talking to a dude
0: that gets sick like twice, three times a year, maybe, if I get sick. You know what I mean? I try to stay away from that kind of stuff so I don't miss time. And now you're telling me that I'm not only gonna deal with colds, but I'm also dealing with stomach bugs, bubble guts. Uh not the way mm-hmm. I want to start out football theory, man.
1: You can you can learn to make a quick turnaround on the stomach bug. <laughs> oh yeah. That's what just- i love oh. it. Hurt, Rod. You know how to <laughs> That's because uh, you got you know, no
0: choice. You got no you gotta, choice, man. You got to
1: you gotta know how to receive training, uh, 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 attention. You got to know how to bounce back fast. Those all are, right, is things? Uh, gonna I guess things we're gonna start. Things.
0: We'll start football theory with a little life lessons, uh, wisdom <laughs> about parenting from a man Ian every time because I damn sure need it. Uh, all right, man, let's get right to it. Let's talk uh, Texas. U of H uh Texas uh Longhorns versus the Houston Cougars and dive into it. Obviously Longhorns coming off a bye week. Houston Cougars coming off an emotional win. Did you first of all did you watch the Hail Mary game winner uh between Houston and West Virginia?
1: I did. I uh <clears throat> I actually was texting with like uh, Eric Nalline and Joe and Justin and uh when West Virginia or when H- when Houston had like a Pretty sizable lead. They only had like a two-touchdown lead at one point, late in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, I texted and I was like, LOL, like all these people that that were like so anxious about West Virginia losing a game so Texas could be in control of their <laughs> destiny. And then West Virginia marched down the field and scored, and Eric was like, Ian, you are always too soon. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> Just a little, a little too early, man. And then 20 seconds later, it was fine again. It was crazy. It was crazy. I, I think, I, I don't know if you agree or not. This I don't feel strongly about this, but I kind of think Houston deserved to lose that game. Why would you say that? I just, I mean, they got lucky. The Hail Mary, they got a little lucky.
0: Oh, hell, yeah. Hail Mary is like 80% luck. 80, <laughs> 80% luck, 20% execution.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was close. It's not. It wasn't like a, a miscarriage of justice or something. But I thought they deserved to lose for letting West Virginia go down the field on them at the end of the game. And yep. then they just kind of got bailed out, and that, <clears throat> Holgerson kind of got bailed out. Like, hey, that was he, the Hogan Bowl. That was big for Hogan, man. Yeah, he may have been fired. Like, that <laughs> may have been fired. Instead, he has a new lease on life. Got a, some pep in his step in time for this game and a few extra days off to game plan it.
0: I'm glad you brought that up, Ian, because I got this quote from cron.com. Uh, this is from Danner Hogerson, Houston coach Danner Hogerson, on what he's heard from fans about the Texas game. Quote, I've got a lot of comments. Just beat Texas. Don't care if you win any of them, but you've got to win that one. You can go 1-11 and and it's okay. If you beat Texas, something very similar. We all remember Dave Aranda was told by his fans. I got the quote from Dave Aranda here before Texas put an old Testament style, butt whipping on them. Quote, I can't tell you how many times this off season I've heard Dave just win this one game, the Texas game that has been brought up to me multiple times. So there you go. That's some fan bases that feel like you can save your season no matter what's happened simply by ruining Texas' season. That was well, the, I, and I, I think every team from this point on, it will have that mindset pretty much because of the state of the Big 12.
1: I think the only team Texas played this year that didn't have that mindset was Alabama. Oh, yeah,
0: because Oklahoma just, was pretty desperate.
1: Yes, Oklahoma <laughs> was clearly, took that game very seriously, which they should. They this should, it's not some kind of dig. Uh, everything I say now, Oklahoma fans like cut it and put it on the internet, and they and they act like I'm saying something I'm not. It's great. And so just, like it's like I've got my own like a uh, like pick your ultra partisan news outlet of choice that like anytime the 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 pre- anytime they're out of power and the other president says something, they'll try to make <laughs> it as dumb and terrible as possible. I'm like the president. And Oklahoma Twitter is the other party, and it's just oh, non. It's crazy. Oh man, yeah. it's
0: awesome. That means they're listening right yeah. now, Ian. They're listening right now. And they're trying to grab a little snippet of you yeah. making a prediction or saying yeah. something wild, and they're gonna post that and they're hoping that you're wrong. just whatever you know. What I mean? it's, it's a beautiful thing. Trust me, Ian. You're 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 becoming infamous instead of being yeah. famous. You're infamous, bro. That's way better. That's way better. You're good. Trust me. Okay. trust me on that.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. So let's get to this. First, let's talk about the Texas offense versus the versus the U of H defense. I think that's an easier discussion. Then we'll talk about the U of H offense and we'll actually get into special teams a little bit, something we don't talk enough about here on this show. Um, okay. First of all, let's talk about how bad the U of H defense is. Now there is one category I think they're actually pretty good at, and that's takeaways. They have 10 takeaways on the season. So they're Mm -hmm. opportunistic. They take the football away. Texas has four turnovers, what, in the last two games. So that's something Texas needs to watch. But here are the the rankings, the statistical rankings for Kansas. I'm sorry, for U of H. Even Kansas is just – they're worse than Kansas, by the way. That's what I meant to say. Uh, Okay, 107th in scoring defense. 117th in pass defense, 99th in rush defense, 79th in red zone D, 126th in touchdown percentage allowed in the red zone, 117th in total defense, 106th in 10 plus yard plays allowed, uh, 90th in 20 plus yard plays allowed, 123rd in third down defense, 133rd in fourth down defense, 105th in sacks, 86th in tackles for loss. They are pretty good in takeaways. So like I said, they got 10 of those like third in the big 12. If you're U of H, What the hell do you do up against the Texas offense that may be considered one of the best, if not the best, in the Big 12? What's their hope? Other than
1: prayer. I know they'll pray. Um,
0: Other than prayer, what's their hope in this game?
1: So their their default is to play kind of an aggressive defense. They play a lot of press quarters. Mm -hmm. Um, They'll play their corners up and press man coverage. They're nickel, they'll use a nickel corner. They'll play him in man coverage too. And the safeties will play it like maybe 10 yards. Wow. Maybe shallower. And they're flat-footed. And so they know, like, we have to get guys running to the ball to stop anything in the run game. And we're just going to make you land shots in the passing game to beat us. That's been their MO for this season. Against Texas, that kind of sounds like a good way to get just the doors blown off. But I wonder if they just do it anyway. I mean, because I think they're such massive underdogs in this game, they may as well like play ball control on offense, but just play their normal aggressive style on defense, maybe even get more aggressive and blitz or something, and see if you can get Texas out of rhythm, see if maybe you can. Um, get Texas feeling like if, if if Texas gets behind a little bit early, maybe they get a little less patient with the run game. Maybe you can try to get Sark to to start dialing up shots mm-hmm. because he knows they're there. Yeah, you see if you can get him out of a patient rhythm and just and just trying to trade haymakers with you. Um, I don't know. I no, that's just that that a actually, good idea. It's the best I'm I with- can. No, no, because
0: I think there are two. This, I think this game is going to go two ways. It's going to be a blowout, which Vegas is kind of predicting. I think they got them as well, a twenty-one point favorite for Texas, or it's going to be a shootout, and that's what U of H wants. They want a shootout. I don't think their defense is going to be able to make you know consistent plays to be able to stonewall Texas' offense. Texas right now, I think is uh, if you go look at it, third in the country uh, in three and out rate in terms of uh, maybe they don't go three and out very often. Um, this is a team that's hard to get off the field. Now, in the red zone, that's a different story altogether. Um, but you don't get Texas off the field. Texas, against this defense, I think will have some long drives. There are two ways to play this if you're, 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 you're a bait right now. You could go bend but don't break, give them everything. But when you get in the red zone, where Texas has been inadequate, inefficient, right, 120. Third, I think, in touchdown percentage in the red zone. Maybe that's where you make your stand, right? That's where you decide to dial up some things that you can stop the here in the red zone. Or like, like kind of like you're saying, hey man, you already got a a high risk, kind of high reward defense because you know that you don't really have the guys to stand up, you know, man to man and mano a mano with Texas. Um so you just you roll the dice, you you blitz a lot, you take a lot of chances on defense, try to force turnovers, try to force Texas into some negative plays. Dial that up even more because now you're just trying to go for a shootout and get the ball back to your offense. You know you're not going to stop Texas, so the only hope is to try to force Texas into making some mistakes. Um, So I think they can go either way. Um, I would try to force Texas to play some red zone defense, though. I mean, sorry, red zone offense, and I would try to play red zone D if I am – even though the red zone D is not good, but Texas red zone offense has been one of the worst in the country in terms of converting that into touchdowns.
1: I think I think I would do it my way as Houston. But re- but forcing Texas to convert in the red zone is obviously the right strategy, right? In a vacuum. Yeah. Just for for any given team, that'd be what you want to do. But for Houston, I just don't I mean after watching them against West Virginia when they tried to play off late in that game, hmm. I don't think that team knows how to play bend don't break. Like it seems like Their, their Doug Belk, their defensive coordinator, their plan has been like, we're going to play aggressive and we're going to try to get as good at it as we can.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And I think if they just try to play differently than normal, they're going to just be awful. Yeah. No, that's possible. I mean, maybe they, maybe they played less aggressively against other teams. Maybe the games that I watched were a little more out of character. So, uh, Maybe Ben Don't Maybe they can be a little more comfortable there. I don't know. It doesn't seem like they're good at anything. I don't know if it matters. No, no. I think they actually want. I think you're right. They want to be aggressive. From what I know about Doug
0: Belk, um, that's what I liked about him. Remember they were sack av a couple of years ago, um, uh, because yeah. they were so aggressive in getting after the quarterback effectively. They just don't have the guys right now to hold up, and they're small in the secondary too. They can run. U of H has speed, but they don't really have size, especially at the skill positions uh, in the secondary. So it's one thing to watch. All right, before we move on, because I think we pretty much. Summed up that Texas offensively shouldn't struggle versus U of H. They definitely should move the ball. What happens when they get in the red zone will be the question. they move the ball against damn near everybody. Even against Oklahoma, they're getting four, 500 yards of offense in these games. They're going to move the ball. What happens in the red zone? And not that U of H is going to stop Texas in the red zone. It's more about Texas stopping themselves in the red zone. You've got some theories on it, Ian. I know you had some great write ups over at Inside Texas about Texas red zone issues. They're a bit stupefying considering all the weapons they have on, on offense. Uh, what are your thoughts about how Texas will approach the red zone after a bye week going into this game versus U of H? Which, you know, if you can't move, if you can't score in the red zone versus U of H, then maybe your problems actually are getting even worse and not improving.
1: So, um, probably they should use this week to test drive some new stuff, if they have anything in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it just, you know, but if you were just, if you were just game planning, how do we score in the red zone against Houston? I think you would look to get more assertive in the run game and just say, when we get down there, we're going to, we're going to put in Malik Ogbo, We're going to get big and we're just going to run power duo and just run it team, run at this team because, because- uh, Jumbo? Or
0: are you going? Because you know your boy likes yeah. that six zero line package. You think? No, well, yeah, six zero line,
1: six zero line, six zero line, big eleven, yeah. big twelve. Okay, not the jumbo unless they're you know in the from the two or something. Yeah. Okay. Um, but from like the eight, like that's been the thing that we keep highlighting every watch with us, right? Is it's like, well, they they're struggling in the red zone, but they've been getting the ball like the eight or the nine. And it's like at some point, it's just a weakness, right? It's Where's not. A, it's just a weakness. Yeah, And uh, I think <clears> – <throat> I don't know if, if every week the solution is to send in Ogbo and power over teams, but this week would be a good one because their ends are small, and their nose tackle is, I think, 5'11", 295. Uh, his Chidozi uh, Wankwo. I don't I – mean, Hey, hey, I'm you sorry. did a good job. Don't, don't be – hey.
0: If I got that wrong, I'm sorry. <laughs> I would have screwed it up even worse. Yeah, that's why I said, "Good job, at least you tried."
1: He's not a big nose tackle, but he's bigger than me. Um, (laughs) But he's uh, he's like, um, you know, he'll shoot a gap and cause you problems that way. But if you just double him in the red zone, you can just push him back. Yeah. So they they what they should do is test drive the things that they think will matter throughout the season. But if they think that. Getting more physical and just mashing teams in the red zone is a part of the solution. Then they should definitely emphasize that this week, because you can get some easy wins and build some confidence doing that on this team. Yeah, I was
0: actually doing some research about the red zone period, and I came up with some nice, some interesting NFL numbers. Turns out, this the spatial Darwinism that uh, defenses are dealing with now at the college and the pro level. Um, It's just having an effect on red zone efficiency everywhere. So i got this number for you. And how about this? Um, NFL offenses are currently scoring touchdowns on only 53% of their red zone opportunities. Lowest rate since 2011. Mm. The only team that's killing it in the red zone right now is Miami. Their red zone touchdown percentage is 80%. In the red zone, they just scored touchdowns eighty percent of the time in the red zone. By the way, Sark, I know you steal plays, and I know you like that Shanahan coaching tree. Please go steal plays from that coaching tree. All right, from Mike McDaniel because he is killing it in the red zone, and he loves one personnel, and he loves uh, twelve personnel too.
1: Hmm. They're already yeah. stealing. They're already stealing plays because they're the new version of the Ezekiel's wheel came from from McDaniel's in, in Miami. Did it really? Yeah. So, okay, Rob. Me, one of us is going to have to go watch Miami red zone cutups now. <laughs> I can do it. I'll do it, bro. I'll do it. What is it doing and and why does it work, or is that is maybe Texas is doing it too, and they just aren't good at it because they're not a pro team? And it's. I don't. I, I think Texas has weapons though. I think Miami, the key to Miami is they have so many weapons, right? They have so yeah. many weapons
0: across the board, and I think Texas similarly has so many weapons. I know Sark. Sark also stole that. You know, that cheat motion, we talked about this, the cheat motion they're using now, Miami used it, and now you have seen Shanahan and um, Matt LaFleur using everybody on that Shanahan coaching tree. And Sark used it in the Oklahoma game. So he's watching these guys, and he's already admitted that's his favorite coaching tree to watch. Miami, Sark, go check out Miami's red zone. I don't know what they're doing, but I will. I'll go watch it, I promise. I'll make sure that's the top of my priority list because I want to see what's
1: going on. But I thought that was interesting. I do wonder, though, if we're going to do that, and we're going to see all these cute plays and be like, oh, yeah, Texas did that. And they missed it. <laughs> yeah. That, and, yeah, I want, I, you know, I nah, almost
0: right. wonder if point. that's, you no, know. no, no, because they use a lot of the same concepts and cheat codes. I mean, they're not that dissimilar. Um, Mike McDowell is doing everything to the extreme, though. He's an extremist right now. But yeah, uh, by the way, yards per play in the red zone in the NFL right now, uh, lowest in the last four years red zone efficiency down so it's it's it is a texas issue but i think if you have a more macro breakdown of it there's a larger issue happening right now and i think it's just the way football is being played and spacing and all that kind of stuff
1: but some of that too is uh okay here's there's two things on that i I know we're getting a little sidetracked a lot of a lot of nfl defenses are playing too high bend don't break defenses in ways that they didn't the past yep So you wonder if part of it is just that offenses are defenses are designed to wait to hold up in the red zone and i wonder if offenses are just getting more opportunities than they're used to having in the red zone and they don't have the plays and they don't have the plays so that that might be a small part of it another part of it is definitely that there's increasingly a lot of good defensive linemen in the nfl that make this hard um it's just like the college game is producing a lot more good defensive linemen. Like you hear NFL I, guys talk about that. But that's you know, not that's not true of Texas' schedule. No, no, that's a good point. But I, I do think in terms of what you're talking
0: about, about the design of defenses these days has something to do with it too. Because you're right. Everybody is essentially playing bend but don't break with the two high shells. Offenses have evolved. They're running the football now more than ever in the NFL. And they're throwing yeah. underneath. Uh, the air yards per attempt have gone down to the lowest number ever because teams are just throwing underneath routes depending on Yak. And Sark is a Yak guy. Even though he likes the D ball, he's actually throwing less of the D ball this year. If we if we really dive into it and have some weeks to break it down, I'm sure we'd figure it out. Um, but let's just throw it out there. I think it's not just Sark struggling in the red zone. Cowboys' red zone offense sucks. And the NFL right now, red zone offense is down. I just want to throw that out there too. And Sark runs a pro scheme. To your point about the 6-0 line package, you know your boy's been following it. I've been a big fan of it. And in the last, basically in conference play, Texas is right now averaging over eight yards per play by my notes in the six-o line package. Yeah, keep it up. Keep it up, man. And 12 over uh, 12 yards per attempt and damn near seven yards per rush. That's I'm with you. And I have not isolated that to red zone. I'm probably going to try to do that this week sometime and see if how often they were in the red zone and that kind of package. It's probably not a lot. I'm not a large sample size because, you know, it's just a midpoint of the season. Um, But I'm with you. I think that gives you your bully ball element but it also allows you to spread teams out enough with the big 11, big 12 package. Here's another little fact that I found from um, pro football focus. I'll give them credit. When they talk about um, average uh, width, width of the formation. So we're talking about width of the field, width of the formation. Sark is top 10 in most condensed, compressed uh, formations in sets. He's at 25, I think it's 25 and a half yards Um, something like that average on on formation and how compressed they are. I don't know. I wonder, I got to go look and see in the red zone. Are they still just as condensed and as compressed? And I wonder in the red zone, maybe there needs to be more spread out, spread sets. I'm just, I'm just hypothesizing, but that's one of the things too, that I I, I recognize about Sark's offense and you know it too. He loves to create space on the perimeter by condensing and compressing the sets. And could that hurt you in the red zone? Especially as you brought out when your old line is underachieving, when you can take guys out of the box.
1: Yeah. I mean it should be it should be helping them to hit worthy and whoever on like outs. That's that, true. But they're not, um, for whatever reason. So
0: yeah.
1: I don't know. Um, okay, let's, let's jump to the about the red zone. To- by the way, I'm not freaking out about the
0: red zone. I think they'll figure it out. They got too many weapons not to. And they're still scoring more touchdowns from outside the red zone than inside the red zone. The Texas offense will be fine. Um, okay, let's talk about the Texas defense, though, which I'm, I think will be fine, but I'm not 100% certain will be. Um, yeah. how, how about this? I, we made random uh, movie references, you know, random kind of, um, movie references on the show before. Very obscure ones. How about this is an obscure reference right here. U of H is going to single white female the Oklahoma game plan against Texas. See, Ian gets it. Some of y'all don't get it, but just so you it. know, go go Google it. But they're gonna copy and replicate as much as they can for the Oklahoma offensive game plan. They are gonna tr- have you heard, have you seen with single white female before Ian? No, no <laughs> you didn't get my reference. No. Oh,
1: is that a is that a Who made that movie? I don't know,
0: but Jennifer Jason Leigh is in it. It's basically about a young woman who basically goes to live with this other girl and they become real good friends. She becomes obsessed with her and then changes her look to look exactly like this other girl, even to the point where she acts like her and then bangs her man. And her man thinks that, it's her. It's his girlfriend, but it's actually not. It's the roommate. And then there's a, a moment scene. I really, uh, Trust me, I just spoiled it for anybody who had not seen the 30-year-old movie. But uh, there you go. So essentially... Was,
1: and I've seen a Psych episode that must have been riffing on that. Yes! No,
0: no. dude, I love Psych. Great okay. show. Great show. Good job there. I like that. Me and you thinking on the same page. Yeah. Um, but basically, they're going to try to copy and steal and replicate whatever they can and duplicate whatever they can from an Oklahoma game plan. And... I think it'll start with the quarterback making Texas defend the quarterback run game. Yep. Right in.
1: Yes. Very much so. So that's already, um, that's already Houston's kind of MO their lead, their leader in carries this season is Donovan Smith. He's averaging, I think 11.2 carries per game. He's also attempting, I I wrote this in a column that will go up um, before this releases, but. I, I want to say like 34, 35 pass attempts per game plus 11 carries per game. So I call that hero. I think we're in hero ball range. Mm-hmm. when you're asking that much of the quarterback. I like that. Um, and, uh, I mean, he's 6'5", 245 pounds or something like that. He's got a great arm. He can hit out routes and hitch routes outside all day if you try to load up the middle of the field to stop their run game. Um, he's, they're not that explosive on offense. They're only averaging like 29 points a game. I don't know exactly what the, why they're not averaging more points. Probably they're not hitting their deep shots very consistently, but they can definitely spread you out wide and then they'll run the ball with the quarterback. The trick is, I know this is going to, I know Texas fans are already thinking this. Texas doesn't really have problems. The quarterback run game. They have problems with quarterback scramble and quarterback draw. Because hmm. normal quarterback run game, they have very simple rules. The edges play contain. The ball goes inside to the tackles and the linebackers, and then to Sweat eats your lunch, right? Byron Murphy, Jalen Ford, whatever. Yeah. But on the draws and the scrambles, the edges get upfield, spaces open up underneath and I think it wasn't as big a problem at Washington because they were always in cover three mm-hmm. there was some linebackers in the middle of the field that could come downhill,
0: but yeah. in their too high
1: stuff, they play at Texas. There's more, Everybody spread wider. And so they, they just get into trouble. Like we've seen this repeatedly this season, right? Yep. So Matthew, if we can get exhibit one, this is a I haven't seen Houston run this this year. They probably have. I'm guarantee they'll run it on Saturday. It's like a Holgerson staple of like 20 years. Almost. They run the stick concept. So they got the tight end is lined up across from the middle linebacker. He runs an mm-hmm. option route outside. And then they run a lead quarterback draw inside. And so the quarterback drops back. He looks to see is the Mike linebacker staying in the box. And I'm just going to throw the wide open tight end or slot receiver. Yeah. He's going to cover the slot receiver. Okay. I'm going to tuck and run this. And I got a lead blocker and they're outnumbered. And you can even scheme it up nice. I, where the way I have it drawn, the running back can go pick that linebacker off on his way to come back to the box. Mm-hmm. Um, these are just very hard play to defend. You have to defend it with either you get that safety super active in there and just drop him down or your defensive line is, and this is what Sark keeps saying every week. They have to be extremely disciplined. And in their pass lines. Yep. You can't have the defensive tackles trying to race by guards um, and your edges too. your edges. Can't be racing past the quarterback unless it's like Anthony Hill who can legit run past him and then still fast enough to turn around and catch him from behind. If you're Anthony Hill, do whatever you want. But Burke, Sorrell, Binkley, Ross, anybody else has to keep Donovan Smith in front of them.
0: That's a great point. No, I, I love that play design too because you're basically putting the second-level defenders in conflict. Yeah. And the more you can put them in conflict, the better. And the the, play, the point you made last week and this week about the quarterback draw and the scramble, and I think the way you put it was basically the quarterback draws a design scramble. <laughs> which I yeah. love because yeah. essentially Sarkis talked about this all off season. And I don't know if opponents are paying attention to the media availabilities, but he's talked about how they, they get so uh, excited and eager to get to the quarterback that they get out of their pass rush lanes. They did it in uh, spring. They did it in training camp. That's the whole Arch Manning running 20 miles per hour. That story literally comes from Sark saying, yeah, they got out of their pass rush lanes and then he just took off. They have actually had a tendency to do that a lot Oklahoma really exacerbated that issue. Um, and I think against, hopefully against U of H, they've corrected it. If they haven't corrected that issue, solved that problem, they will be exposed again versus U of H. So I totally agree with you on that. And how about this with Donovan Smith? He's had He may have had his best three-game stretch of his career the last three games. Mm. Uh, passing, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions. Completion percentage, 77.8%. 73.2%, 77 uh, 0.5% um, in his last three games. And he's rushing for over four and a half yards per carry. Remember he's been an air raid quarterback every year he's been in college. He's really comfortable in that system. And let me know, Ian, did you, I like the wide receivers for you of H. I think oh, yeah. they can present a bit of a challenge. If the Texas DBs are missing a lot of tackles like they did versus Oklahoma in the open field, that could be a problem versus U of H receivers. I mean, I like Man Jack is a good player for them. Uh, Matthew Gold is a good player for them as well. Sam Brown's actually leading the Big 12 in receiving right now. And people don't talk about him enough. They have a transfer, Stefan Johnson Jr. from Oklahoma State. I, the yeah, strength of the team may be the wide receivers.
1: Yeah, they're, they're awesome. Like, okay. Uh oh. Their offensive personnel. I feel like they should be a better yeah. offense than Oklahoma. I don't think they are. No, their offensive line is is not as talented on the on the perimeter, but they're not bad either. Uh, Unage and um, and uh, the, I think the left tackle often is regarded as a draft prospect. Like yeah, he's playing right tackle. I
0: think right now, right? I, I got his. I, got, I actually have his name here because I looked him up too. Uh,
1: <clears throat> yeah, it's a. Uh, Patrick yeah, Paul. It's,
0: um, Patrick Paul
1: tackle. Yeah. So, then, yeah, I
0: don't know if he's playing left or right. Right. It, it doesn't specify, but Patrick Paul. So you could be right. It could be left. Or, he's Patrick Paul's name. He's six foot seven. He's a beast. Yeah,
1: they have they have, I they just that program, man. I, I think <laughs> they just don't they don't get the best of their players on a consistent basis. I agree with that. Their talent is is really good. Um what you said about like like I, I, I just noted a minute ago that they will, Donovan Smith will hit those outside throws underneath to guys. And easier. if you miss doubles, you can get in big trouble. Yep. Um, if he's scrambling and running on the draw and they're not controlling it and they're not like spilling it wide and he gets downhill like Dalen Gabriel did, mm-hmm. he's not, he's probably not going to run away from you like Gabriel remarkably did a couple times, but he will wear you out. Like he can do that all day. He could run the ball twenty times in this game. He did it that to dude. Texas. He did it to Texas last year. Yeah. He can pick up third downs and short yardage and just like wear you out, uh, which we've seen Texas is susceptible to, even as deep as they are. They they got kind of worn out against Oklahoma, obviously. So I almost think, you know, this game is a really good. What did you learn? From the Red River Shootout, or how well did you really learn it? Because I don't, I don't know that they can. They're almost going to beat Houston regardless, right? Yeah, I agree with that. Knock on, knock on IKEA oh, wood here. It, but, yeah. uh, but if you're not getting better at this kind of thing, then you got a lot of work to do for that almost inevitable rematch.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Because I'm with Houston, you-
1: Hey, they're quarterbacks faster than anybody. Oh, you talking about the K State guy? Yeah, the Avery John, uh, uh, Little hey, General.
0: Hey, I'm paying
1: attention. Yeah, dude. hey, I said the same thing.
0: I was like, hey, Texas might need to start doing some pre prep on this kid for <laughs> the uh, K State. Anyway, we got we got time to get to that. But to your point about Donovan Smith, um, Tech, his fourth most rush attempts in his career came versus Texas last season. So he ran the ball a lot. And this one thing that was pivotal in that game versus uh, Oklahoma that really Texas just didn't seem like they were ready for was the tempo. Um, now Oklahoma is one of the 15 fastest teams in the country. They, If you look at plays per minute, they're at 2.5, uh, 2.53 plays per minute. That's top 15 in the country. Uh, you were basically at 35th. They're at 2.39. But if you're Dana Hogerson, don't you increase the tempo a little bit? Don't you ratchet up just a little bit versus Texas considering what you watch versus Oklahoma? Because And honestly – and I, you let me know, and if you observed it as well, when Texas—I'm sure they worked on it in the bye week—when Texas had to defend in the two-minute drill, when the tempo is really, you know, accelerated, they had—they played their worst football versus Oklahoma. That was yep. the worst football they played defensively. I went back and looked at it. They missed six six tackles. On those two drives at the end of the first half, end of the second half, allowed 10 points, but they had, if I'm not mistaken, it was two coverage busts, one penalty, one gap integrity breakdown, and six missed tackles on those two drives. And those two drives were 15 plays, I believe. 15 plays. They had their worst football. They got to fix that. If They don't fix that versus U of H. If I'm U of H, I so I run a two minute drill just randomly at some point during the game. <laughs> just I mean, break out.
1: If they can get first downs, they just do it the whole game, right? Um, Pretty much, because you don't care you know what?
0: about exhausting your defense. They don't care about what they do to their defense. They don't
1: care. right? You yeah, know, well, doesn't. But but that is the that is the key. Like you want to you want bat another basketball analogy? Give it to me. So like, <clears throat> for years, teams would try to play the Golden State Warriors by. Like going big and trying to bully him, right? Yeah, you just you just play it into their hands, because like you couldn't really bully Draymond that well, and then he would get the rebound and he would initiate the break. Yep, so you your center is gassed, and then he's not and then he's not punishing anybody, um, except like the training staff, the t- sweat towels. <laughs> um, so it just killed team. What teams figured out is you have to out small ball them. Mm-hmm. And like the, the Rockets with Harden were like this too. They were built – they built their team to be like a small ball team and you had to out small ball. Them. They had like all these guys like P.J. Tucker and uh, Eric Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to get too for our non-NBA people. These, these these up-tempo teams like Oklahoma or Houston, what you got to do is uh, the only way to stop tempo and to prevent it from wearing your team out, like Texas subs and they do all these things that help. They try to communicate fast, play base defense. All those things help, but if you get caught on the field a bunch of times against a tempo team, your 350-pound sweat is gonna get gassed, and he's gonna yep. be used. Your pass rush is gonna die. It's just, it's just human biology. You will get worn down. But if you can, if you can stop them from before they get going with aggressive first down calls at the beginning of the drive, then they can't get into their tempo because they have to get that first first down so that they can run down the field. That's and true. They, yeah. That's when they get you. And yeah. then you got to you got to run it right back at them. Like if you do tempo too, like everybody wants to play these teams and they're like, "Oh, we don't want them to wear us out, so we're going to ball control. We're going to run the ball, we're going to let the air out of the out of the ball, we're going to mm-hmm. take up all this clock." Yeah. But what happens is is that you willingly run inefficient offense and then if and then they can still get a lot of possessions if they go fast enough and if they're more efficient than you then you've just like doomed yourself Yeah. but if you go right back at them and you just turn it into a shootout you can make their their defense is often not very good and you can make their defense bad enough
0: less effective even less
1: need to win a shootout. Yeah. If you have a good offense, if you don't have a good offense, maybe don't do that. But so I, I think Texas was trying to do that to Oklahoma to some extent, right? And then they got they took that. the end of the game, and then they took that sack, mm-hmm. and it and it killed him. First but, down on first
0: down, like you said, in on first down you get on first down, it kills everything. Yep. So
1: no. you got to yeah, beat play fight fire with fire against these teams sometimes. I actually
0: like that. I like
1: that. It, it's, it's, it's kind of
0: counterintuitive. You wouldn't think that, but I, I'm with you. I think it works. And I think U of H is going to break out a ton of tempo. And Like I said, I, I think they'll speed it up even more so than they already are. Um, any other thoughts, Ian, about the uh, Texas defense matching up against uh, this offense? I think they'll do the quarterback running game. We've talked about that. We know they're going to go up-tempo. Like I said, they're going to single white female, I know, obscure reference that nobody gets. Uh, They're going to copy that Oklahoma game plan as much as they can, try to get those wide receivers in space against Texas DBs. We don't know about injuries and all that kind of stuff. We haven't talked about it a lot, Um, uh, Ryan Watts, but uh, Sark did say everybody practiced. He just didn't know the availability of everyone. Um, But those Texas DBs and tackling is going to be big in that situation. Any other concept, any other uh, potential – Uh, factor that you think could be big in this game that U of H might break out versus
1: Texas? Um, Well, I got one, one, one other note on this game, I guess I've been watching recently. I've been watching Texas safeties Mm -hmm. and, um, and Benda relative to like Derek Williams and Anthony Hill. And uh, I found that Benda and I Jalen Catalan were better on film than I expected. I think Jalen Catalan in particular, losing him against Oklahoma was not great. Um, I thought I'd remembered him being kind of maybe not as good as advertised, but when I I got a chance to, I got a chance to look at a little bit of all 22 and I just tried to look closely at at his play against uh, Oklahoma and Catalan has been pretty good. I think, this is a long meandering way to get it. I think uh, Derek, Williams and Derek Williams is pretty good, but I don't know if they need him to be great this year. I think they're just playing him because they'll need him next year. But Benda is um, very reliably in the right spots. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. He's just pretty like he's a them. pretty good football player. Yeah, Anthony Hill has been way better at linebacker than I expected for a freshman. And he just wrecks things when he's on the field. He just plays through blockers. He takes away angles with his speed. hes I mean, I know he's a five-star, so this is not supposed to be shocking. But that guy just – things are different when he's on the field. And so yeah. I, I'm curious to see what kind of snaps Williams, especially if Catalan is out, curious to see what kind of snaps Williams gets and what kind of snaps Hill gets in this game. I think it depends on what Texas wants to do. If they're going to play
0: more man-to-man, then I think you end up playing Hill because of the quarterback run game and you want to neutralize it. And he's your guy if you're going to play man-to-man in terms of your best overall spy situationally, whether it be by if you want to flush him out of the pocket to a certain side and have uh, Anthony Hill track him down, or if you want Anthony Hill spying him from outside the pocket or whatever it may be. Um, Because Texas, you know, they want to play more man, and they like playing man coverage. They're good at it, actually, too. Um, and honestly, man, Jack is the only wide receiver for U of H that can consistently beat man and is great in zone. The rest of them, man coverage is probably the best way to cover them, but you leave yourself open to the quarterback run game and to some other, to the deep ball potentially. Um, and I think they'll take some shots against Texas U of H. I mean, uh, Oklahoma didn't, but I think U of H will end up taking some shots more than uh, Oklahoma did. Oklahoma took two shots downfield. U of H will take more than that, especially if they find Texas in man coverage and they force Donovan Smith to have to operate from the pocket. You know, he's not going to go through a lot of progressions and reads. I think they'll just take some shots because they like their speed up against Texas's defensive backs, especially if a guy like Ryan Watts comes back, they'll come after him early. Um, I think you'll see that too.
1: Well, I guess a good concluding thought man, Jack I th- plays in the slot for them. Mostly he's mm-hmm. like their main guy. But he's got to go up against Baron this week.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: And Baron is just the guy to just squelch Houston's whole thing. You know, Fool Smith, Lockdown Man Jack, whatever. Uh, this is a great – this is a good All-American resume kind of game for uh, Baron, I think. No, it's a
0: good point. Uh, one of the nuggets, is we're talking about nuggets things to watch, um, watch – if you have they don't run a ton of bunch formations and clustered uh, formations with wire, with receivers, tight ends, and running backs. I've been keeping track of it. Texas defense is not uh, systemically susceptible to anything, really. But Dylan Gabriel was four or five, targeting players out of bunch formations in that Texas-Oklahoma game. Jalen Miro was also really, really successful, targeting players out of bunch formations. It's one of the things the Texas DBs haven't really figured out yet. They don't, they're not aggressive in being able to play sticky coverage, reading and reacting to players with a free release out of bunch formations because they can't redirect and reroute them. And they guys have been able to get a lot of space and a lot of separation that way against Texas DBs. Watch mm. it. I don't know if Dana Hoganson's noticed it, um, but it's, it, that's one of the things Texas has struggled with a little bit, the DBs. If U of A starts running a ton of it, then they found something. Just heads up, look for it. All right, uh, we're going to end it there. Thanks, Ian. I well, appreciate uh, all of your efforts, man. I appreciate you sticking around, um, as always. Um, and, uh, man, and honestly, and have a have a great rest of the week, too, brother.
1: Thank you.
0: See you next time. Um, all right, till next time, Ian Boyd, the Lifetime Longhorn and Football Theorist. I am Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. We'll be back next time, hopefully talking about another win for Texas football here on Football Theory. Hook them.